the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Want to make sure everyone stops by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagintoys.com to check out our new product line. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. And do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Super excited about the podcast today as you get to speak with entrepreneur, businessman, creative, coach, and former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL offensive lineman, Jamie Sumner. Make sure to follow Jamie on Instagram at jamiesumner1973 and on Twitter at jamiesumner. Let's welcome Jamie Sumner. Yeah, rocking some Buckeye gear. See? Oh, I don't hear, I don't have you yet. I can't hear you yet. Hold on. Keep talking, I don't have you on, I don't have volume on you yet. Oh, you're on mute. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I didn't, man, it's starting to get cold here. <laughs> like finally starting to cool off a little bit i didn't even think about this but yeah <laughs> uh, pretty good I had good timing uh, yeah you see i i have to always rock this i when i had yeah. i had nick swisher um was he around your time nick he swisher. was like i want to say not too far after, after me yeah. i had him yeah. on and when i brought him on i started playing the uh the uh the uh um battle cry song it was hysterical because one of the things we had to do at base for baseball is when you're a freshman, I don't know if they do this for football. We had to sing it. So we had to stand in front okay. of the team and sing, fight oh. the team, you know? Yeah. So I actually, no, we, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, I had to do it on a Saturday when there was a giant tour of people coming. We were in the Woody Hayes facility and I'm just, of course I'm a rock and roll singer. So I was like, I don't care. You know, I'm just like, right. but it was like hysterical. So, yeah, that's uh so I, when I think about guys singing songs, we, you know, we would sing the fight song, obviously after, you know, after games. And there was a few times with, with young guys, you know, that would get there, they wouldn't know the words and you could tell it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start yeah. humming it. Yeah. 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 Humming it. But then I think about what, so short time I was with the giants, we, you know, they did the whole rookie deal. We had to get up and say, you're signing your name, you're signing bonus, what school you're from. And then you had to sing a song, right? Well, so when I was a rookie, Tiki Barber, Tiki Barber was a rookie. And so they called on him one day. And, you know, everybody before that had been doing generic song. I mean, just generic <laughs> stuff. Well, he got up and sang Help by the Beatles. And they never called on him again. He, and he sang almost the whole song. Oh, that's crazy. awesome. I mean, it was, yeah, it was hilarious. He didn't just sing, like, you know, the chorus. He sang, like, the whole thing. And, man, they never called on him again. I just remember filing that away going, Okay, that's how you get out of singing all the time. <laughs> you pick a song that nobody really likes, uh, nobody, really, nobody really wants. So, but yeah. <laughs> you know. That's greatness. Well, dude, thank you for doing this. Like, uh, you know, I, 
I've already started recording, by the way. Um, sure. I think it's like really, you know, just how we met was is is really cool because our guy Percy King tagged you in a photo um, of somebody we work with that played for Penn State and professionally. That's also a painter, and he did this print that had like was of Ohio State versus Penn State, and you're actually in this image, which I think is like really mm-hmm. cool. And then. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, it's really, it was cool to like do research on you and, and on top of like our conversation. Sure. But one of the things I thought was interesting and we're going to, you know, I want to talk obviously about your football career, but like you sure. were an athlete growing up, like you lettered in basketball, you lettered in track. Also like the one, the one thing that's on the, uh, the Buckeye roster. Cause one of the things we talked about was, and you know, like from our conversation of what we do at the abstract athlete is, you know, try to try to talk to people about their creative outlets and, and different things. And I know you said you played drums, but, and I think this is like the 95 team thing. And it says in here, you like to read. And I think you said you studied journalism at one point in time, but you also like to draw in your spare time. Um, and so like, I, again, like I think so many people have creative outlets that people don't know about and, and just that benefit. And like, that's the one thing you and I were talking about is like, you're still searching for something that, you know, like that you want to do, um, that, you know, like it, especially now, like people are finally starting to talk about mental health and that benefit of, of having a creative outlet is, is just good for us as well as a physical sure. outlet. And so like, yeah, I, d- I definitely want to get into those things and, and all the, cause you, you know, like, again, one of the things I'm sure everybody always talks to you about that we'll talk about, but you were on the 94, 95 Buckeye teams, which were two of the greatest offensive line teams ever assembled. And, and, you know, you blocked for the great Eddie George Heisman trophy year and and then you went on and and you got hurt right that was like kind of the the end yeah i was you know it's the old joke right the old nfl not for long yeah you know, is what it really stands for that was you know that was kind of my deal i got hurt the first year and then um second time just got released but yeah i mean you know it's a um you, you brought up you hit a couple things there that are pretty i think are pretty important obviously you know the the physical side we all know right and i don't i don't always do a great job of taking care of myself physically for sure. And I, I saw a deal the other day, it was really interesting. And I think it applies to what, what we're talking about now is it was, it said, Hey, look, you know, if I don't, if I'm not taking care of myself physically, then we, I can't even really judge myself. I can't even really honestly take a good picture of myself. And I thought that was interesting, but I also, you know, with what we're talking about, I think, I think there's something to be said. And like you said, it's now, it's now okay to talk about the mental side. You know, it's okay to, it's okay to talk about mental health, which for so many years we wouldn't, or we couldn't, or, we chose not to, whatever, but I think that same thing kind of applies there. And I think, you know, you and I shared, I shared with you during our first conversation, that's one of the struggles for me, corporate world is what is the outlet? I've been searching for a long time. I can draw, you know, I was a journalism student. I, I did a lot of creative writing when I was younger. Um, you know, there's, I mean, I can play the drums. There's just different things, but I don't have any, you know, it's like for whatever reason, when I got in the corporate world, I kind of just ah, put that to the side a little bit. Then, then you have kids and you have, yep. you know, you get a life. Life, and, life and takes over. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, it's like the old thing goes, right. You'll make time for the things that are important. Right. And that's really, it's weird because I'll be 49 in a month. And I just, 
it's funny because it's like I'm going back trying to find the things of my youth that I really loved and I really enjoyed doing just, you know, and like, and you brought up something really good. I want to tell you that, you know, just the, Hey, just cause you draw today doesn't mean you have to draw tomorrow. You know, like there's different things you can try. And I thought that was a great, that was a great thing to give me some perspective because it's like, man, there's, you know, who knows what it's going to be for me. Obviously, like we talked about Percy, you know, I love seeing things like what Percy creates. I mean, that, that stuff is amazing. Obviously, you know, Matt's painting that I was in, um, I have such an immense respect for that kind of thing. And so do I ever think that I'll have that kind of talent? You know, who knows? But I just, I respect it so much. And it's just one of those things where as I've gotten older, I'm just like, you know what? I need to start picking up some some of the things that I love and just getting my feet wet again. Because, man, you, and you know, like the corporate world is a grind. It's a stressor. And, you know, yeah, you can work out and those things are important. But it's like, man, the creative side is such a, is such a, I always feel better when I do something creative. You know, they always talk about, you know, well, you feel better when you work out. Absolutely. You do. But you also stretching your brain and doing something creative, no matter how big or small, you know, you and I had that conversation as well. Those are the things that, you know, that I think for me, that's going to be just as important as the film. I think it'll be cool too, because I want, I want you to do some creative stuff because I want to get you into our exhibition stuff because I mean, sure. you know, like really truly. And we also work with the NFL. Um, it's the PAF, which is the professional athletes foundation. And um, we've worked with them the last two years and going to work with them again this year at the Super Bowl. And they do something called smocks and jocks, which is kind of along the lines of what we do. But we we're not just football. We work with veterans and, you know, all other sports. And, you know, and and, you know, we also talked about podcasting, like you've talked about that interest in podcasting. Mm -hmm. And and that's creative, too, because to me, it's like this banter that we have. It's like a blues song. It's like a call and response. And it's like, so you're always on your on your toes or whatever you want to say. And and like I said, I think that first conversation and I say this to my students all the time. I want you to find something that you enjoy, because if you find something that you enjoy, you're going to go back to it. It's like I don't want to push something on somebody in my class or outside of my class, whatever that it's like, well, I, I think the issue, like I've always, I think maybe we talked about this also is like, I think people's understanding of what creativity is, is painting or drawing. And that's it. And it's like, no man, it's like, it's like you can collage, you can sculpt, you can write, like you, like you said, you were a creative writer. Like, so you have like a creative, sense like you also sure, drum absolutely. and that's what's cool like you already have like this starting point where you can re-engage it's it's that thing that you said that always is and this is what i think we're trying to change is like to get people into that habit like creativity is a practice sure. because most people just stop and then like life takes over like you said and sure. then they don't get back into it and it's like yeah, we need to exercise the body, but we also need to exercise the mind. And Absolutely. Well, and I think, too, you know, the other thing that a lot of us have, you know, mil- whether it's military, it's ex- it's ex-athletes, you know, a lot of us fight the whole, you know, the old stereotype, right? Yep. Oh, you're just a meathead. You're just a big, dumb offensive lineman. You're just a, you know, you're just a, a fast receiver. You're just a, you know, uh, whatever, you know, insert any stereotype in there or any, you know, thing within those in sports or within the military. And so I think that's the other thing too, that, you know, I can speak for myself. I think that was part of it for a while that I put some of that away because it wasn't the cool thing or it wasn't the end thing, or it wasn't like much like mental health. It wasn't accepted to be 
creative as an athlete, but then you turn around and, you know, like, like we've already mentioned, there's guys like Percy in your locker room that you didn't even know, you know, I mean, Percy's deal is so awesome. I've got a piece of piece of work that he did that um, I have in my house that I love. And it's just, you, you know, then you see paintings like Matt. I mean, that was, I'm always, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm always very humbled when I'm included in things like that, or when I see something that I'm a small part of, because it just, it still doesn't seem real to me. Some of the experiences and some of the things that, you know, I got to do, I just, that's, I mean, that's as much a part of it. You know, obviously, like we said, that the talent is immense and it's awesome to capture that. But I think for me too, sometimes it's just like, wow, I'm in a painting that somebody did. No, that's and, wild, right? Like that's. Yeah. It, it, well, it just, I mean, it, you know, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas and, you know, wanted to play college football and all those kinds of things. But it was like to think that I would be a part of Ohio State, to think that I would play in a game against Penn State, you know, play against Michigan, play against, you know, those kinds of things. That was so far. Like I said, I just wanted to play college football. I didn't care where it was at. And so then to be put in that position to be able to play for such a great, you know, university and, and such a great tradition and all those kinds of things. I, I honestly, when I see paintings or I see things like that, I just, I'm reminded of how special that time was. And, and um, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I, you know, definitely it's a, um, like I said, the older I get, the more I realize that there's, I need to do something. Uh, I need to find, and I agree with you. There's, you know, the, the creative part, you made a great point. I think there's, for so long, that's all we thought was right. was like, well, you either draw, you paint, you write poetry. Yeah. That's it. That's like, that's the creative. And there's so many other, I mean, that's the thing that's exciting too, is it's, it, there's such a change. Like, like you said, whether it's a vision board or it's a, I mean, there's just a bunch of different outlets for creativity podcasts. I mean, there's, you know, there's, it's just, I think this is a neat time for the creative aspect that, that people have, because there's just so many outlets and there's so many, the other thing is, is just like this. I mean, I saw Matt's painting on Instagram, you know, w- without social media and without that, without that way to communicate. Right. I don't see that. I don't, you know, if this is 20 years ago, I probably don't see that unless somebody happens to stumble into the gallery, take a picture of it, yep. send it to me. Hey, this is what it is. So I think that's the other thing that's pretty exciting to me is just that, Man, there's so many different ways now to to do things. You know, the, the internet obviously has created that, and so it's exciting. I just, like I said, at some point, I'm going to figure out exactly <laughs> what I truly want to, you know, focus all my energy on. And you know, I'm working, <clears throat> I'm working on. There's a oh, I had a clothing brand back in 2007, 2008. Working with a friend of mine to maybe redo that again. And That's so awesome. I've got some things. You know, yeah, I've got some things. It's just what was it? What a, was the what was it like? Sports clothing or was it? Yeah. Just, yeah, just, and so, and I'll tell you, um, it started, I was watching, it was a Saturday afternoon, I was watching a football game, and um, it was, I can't, and I can't remember, I want to say it was Kentucky and somebody, Kentucky, and I don't remember who the other team was, but they kicked the last second field goal, with one second left, they kicked this field goal, and so I, I was on the, like, I'm literally, like, standing in the garage door, like, waiting to like I needed to leave. I was like getting ready to go somewhere. I had, I had to be somewhere, but I'm just so like trapped on, because I know the feeling. I remember like, man, I can't imagine what, you know, like it's, he's getting ready to win it for him. Kicks it, goes to the uprights. Everybody goes crazy. I literally go out the door, get in my car and, and start driving where I'm going. Well, I'm sitting at a light and I'm just like, I just had that feeling, you know, that we all have that rush, that feeling of, wow, like he did, you know, that was cool. And it just hit me like one second left. Like that's the, and so, you know, you, you see the brands, the no fears and those things. So the whole idea behind one second left was like living every second 
in every minute and every hour and every day of your life, like there's just one second left, that rush, that going to get it, that chasing it, whatever you want to call it. That was the whole concept and the whole idea behind it. Um, it, it started off really well, did well. And then I got involved in coaching and that was another thing that was passion that I wanted to do. And so I kind of put it to the side and, and, you know, that was, I wish I wouldn't have, I wish I would have kept it going. And, and obviously that was the early days of, of social media and things like that. But um, anyway, a friend of mine and I are looking at doing some, some things with it. Um, I, I like the idea. I've never had anyone tell me it was stupid or that they didn't <laughs> like it. But working on some different designs and stuff, you know, more modern, um, obviously that's, it's been 15 years. But that's a really cool concept of like that one second, like that adrenaline, like we've, yeah. we've been there like that you know, goal line stand or, you know, or on the sure. one line, one yard line, trying to score a touchdown to win the game yeah. or for me batting with the bases loaded with two outs, yeah, bottom absolutely. of the ninth or what, you know, there is that rush and that, and I think people understand that, like, that's a great space to start. Like the, that, you know, that's, that's yeah. really cool. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, one of the things that, that always, um, you know, obviously, I mean, let's just, let's be honest about it. it the idea came from sports. My background is sports. I love sports. I love the idea of team and all that kind of stuff. But the more I thought about it, and this is always in some aspects, this was kind of the part that was, I don't want to say overwhelming, but I just never really narrowed it down. But you think about it, you know, so the whole idea of, of living, you know, living every second of your life, like you only had one left, you know, one day, you know, so like somebody told you you had one day left or one hour to live or one second to like, you're going to get the most out of it. You're going to go chase it. You're going to go, you know, you're going to squeeze every bit of it out. The other thing I thought about too is, you know, like somebody that survives cancer, for instance, yep. you know, their perspective and their, the way they see life is so much different. They're going to, they're going to get the most. I mean, everybody that I know that's ever survived cancer, they chase, you know, they live life completely different than they probably did beforehand because it's, it's a gift. It's a blessing. And so I just, for me, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out is just how to, how to reach a broad, you know, how to reach the broadest audience and impact the most people, but also just, you know, like we've talked about the creative side, just having that out there, I think is cool. And it's, it's pretty neat. So, well, I think that's something that you and, you and I can also continue talking about because Percy works with us. Like we, we are launching a product line that's based on his puzzles, uh, oh, or cool. on his artwork okay. where they're, 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 they're art kits. Like you get it. They're literally coming out like as we speak. And because my business partner, Chris, I think I mentioned him, like he played soccer at Ohio state. That's actually right. kind of how we met. We actually met working in a record store at, you know, okay. And, um, and so like, there's, there's collaborations that I think we can do. Like he's, Chris has started a couple toy companies and he's, he's sold both of them, but he still works for the one. And that's who we're working with it. Like we partnered with them on distribution right. and warehousing, but he also has printing capabilities like for okay. hats and shirts and like, yeah, let's definitely, let's, I think that's well, definitely, yeah, because that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to. It's also the buck. I think, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, we have. We're called the abstract athlete for a reason, obviously. So, <laughs> I, but it's it's interesting. Like you said something, and I think I'm trying to remember if we talked about this, and it it kind of. This is like I'm developing this question as we're talking, but this idea that, you know, that the locker room, like that was. I think we talked about this last time that the locker room was like the biggest thing that that you missed. Did we not? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, you know, like I, I understand that like idea and I'm, and I was wondering, cause I, I've actually thought about this. I'm a teacher 
And there's something like a camarade. It's different, but there's still like that kind of camaraderie of being a teacher and being in the classroom. And, and the way that I teach is kind of like a coach. And I'm wondering, sure. like, do you, did I know like you're, you're not coaching right now. Right. But you're talking about That's maybe right. getting back into it. Or, right. Um, did you, did you get some of that same kind of rush as a coach that you would from, I know it's different because you're a coach, not a player, but like that, right. that, that kind of same kind of feeling of being. That oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, that's, you know, I think, and I think you and I talked about this as well. That's what we're all chasing. We're chasing that feeling of yep. the camaraderie, the locker room, uh, the clock running. There's no, you know, I've told this to people before. There's no feeling at least I haven't found it yet. There, to me, there's no feeling like loading up, going to you know Happy Valley or going to Ann Arbor or going to wherever. It's just you and however many people, and there's 80,000, 100,000 rooting against you. That feeling of just, hey, it's just us right here, right now. That's a power, to me, that's a powerful emotion. That's a powerful feeling that I feel like I'm chasing the rest of my life. You know, I've, I've spent a bunch of time coaching youth athletes. And when I first got into it, I'll just tell you, I, I, I coached junior college for a year. And then I, I started coaching my son's team. Uh, he was young at the time, but I got into it with the idea of, I miss the X's and O's and the, you know, the, the, let's play some chess here. Let's see if we can, you know, I can call the, the right play at the right time. And what I found was that, that that was just, that ended up being about this big. In the scheme of things, that was very small. What I what I loved was being around the you know the guys I coached with, the guys who had kids on the team that I got to be friends with, um, the kids. And there was days where work, you know, I, bad day at work, work had kicked my butt, and I go out there and there's a bunch of nine, ten year old kids that, you know, are telling me about their day and they're fired up to practice and they're excited and, you know, I mean that's the kind of thing that I think in the end, like I said, I was naive. I thought. And I'm just getting into this to, to enjoy the X's and O's. But I will say, you know, Saturday, Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons or whenever we played, when that clock came on, it was, you know, it's a rush. It didn't matter if it was 10-year-olds or coaching junior college kids or whatever. I mean, once that clock was on, there's a rush. I mean, there's, you know, there's to me, there's just a definite, like I said, I've spent the rest of, you know, since I got done playing, I've spent that time chasing that feeling because it's just, it's a great feeling. I mean, it really it truly, you know, the other thing is too, is not a lot of people can do, you know, the game of football and, and there's a lot of sports, don't get me wrong, that are, that take a lot of mental toughness and things like that. But, you know, when you're going into, like I said, you're going into a Madison, Wisconsin, you know, there's going to be 80,000 people throwing snowballs at you and, you know, heckling you and everything else. Right. And, and you're going to try to win a game, but, you know, maybe you're beat up and you've got to fight through the pain and you got to do, and that's just a, that's a powerful that's a powerful thing that I think for me set me up the rest of my life that, you know, my bad days. Yeah. I have bad days. Absolutely. But the fact that I've gotten through some of those days in the past, yeah. you know, that's, that's obviously helped me stack some things and, and get some things going, but yeah, it's, I, I love coaching. It is a great, um, and you know, I mean, quite frankly, there's some creativity there because oh, totally, learned, totally. Yeah. I learned real quickly that like, you know, the way you coach a 19, 20, 21 year old kid versus how you coach, little Billy at nine years old or eight years old is completely different. And you got to get creative. And, you know, a lot of it, I, I laughed with some buddies of mine, but it's like the things you think, you know, about football, when you coach youth, you unlearn those things real quick. 
because the things that shouldn't work work and the things that should work don't work. So you have to get creative and you have to do so. I mean, as, as maybe corny or cliche or whatever that sounds like, that was, a, you know, for some years now that I think about it, that was some of my creativity too, is just figuring out how do we make this team better? How do we get these, you know, little boys to play better? And how can we do certain things? And like I said, there was times where I was like, man, if anybody that knows me sees me put this into practice, they're going to think I've lost my brain. But uh, definitely, definitely good though. Definitely. But that's awesome. I mean, but you're, you're a hundred percent right about that. I think like, well, the art people, I'm air quoting, the art people don't want to use that word creative in a sports context. But my God, like sports is totally creative. Thinking, oh, like yeah. critical thinking, like, how, like again, like the X's and O's of certain things, like hitting sure. a baseball. Like, you know, there's a great quote by, I think, Ted Williams, like the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. You know, and it's just like, but I was, a, I mean, yeah. I was a quarterback when I, when I grew up like through high school and I quit my senior year because I, 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 I've always told Percy this, I just hated getting hit. I didn't mind hitting people. Like it's a totally yeah. different thing to me. And, yeah. and like to, I watch quarterbacks now and obviously it's like a completely different level, but just like Patrick Mahomes, like that dude is like, a, a, he's, you're going to tell me that guy's not creative. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like that guy's like a master and like yeah. how he sees things. Like that's one of the big things as, as a creative person, I think is to see things like to sure. allow yourself to see things. And, and my God, like he, he does it to another level. So I, yeah. I a hundred percent scheming and, and like, I can see how you like, like can yeah. say that's creative. It is. It just no, is. Absolutely. I don't it's, Absolutely. The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit beginagaintoys.com. Uh, but, like, so talk a, a little bit about, like, so you went to, is it Coffeyville? Is that how you say it? Coffeeville. Coffeeville okay. Community College, yeah. And did, is it, did you coach there? Is that where you coached junior college? I actually went back there and coached as oh, well cool. two different okay. times. Yeah, okay. so I, um, just a quick, like, if you kind of want to know the, the backstory, I, uh, I came out of high school uh, going into my senior year. I was supposed to be highly recruited. Um, senior year, had a terrible senior year, one and eight as a team. I didn't play very good. Um, next thing you know, all the division one schools are gone. You know, division two schools are offering a little bit of money, but I just, you know, my thing was like, I wanted somebody to want me. Yep. Like I wanted a scholarship. I didn't. So um, as luck would have it, Kansas has a, a great junior college program, football conference. The, it's one of the best in the country. And I'd had teammates from high school go there and have a bunch of success. And so I just went to Coffeeville and I basically turned, you know, two years, two seasons. I went from nobody wanting me to, I probably had 45, 50 division one offers. Um, so it worked out. I mean, it was an amazing, you know, and I, here's the other thing too, is I grew up a lot. I mean, it was, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't just that we were one and eight. It was just that I wasn't mature enough to, I would have been, you know, and, and you've seen it just like I've seen it. I would have been the guy that 
If I'd have went to an Ohio State out of high school, I would have lasted a semester because I just I wasn't mature enough. I, I lasted three. So that's what you say. Yeah, we talked. I mean, but you know, like it's it, and you had a different situation though. But I'm, I'm just telling you, like for me, I would have been the guy that, you know, I would have. I just feel that way. Whether it would have been academically or it would have been just being an egghead, I just wasn't very mature yet. Yeah. And so um, to go into you know first time away from home, I wasn't. I was only about two hours away from home at the time. But um, you know, to go away from home and just learn to. Mom's not going to wake you up or dad's not going to tell you to do your laundry or, you know, those kinds of things was huge for me. Um, You know, at the end of the two years, so you'll, and you'll appreciate this. So I, like I said, I probably had 45 to 50 um, division one offers all across the country, but one of the offers I had um, was UCLA and which looking back on, it's crazy because they have a great um, California has a great junior college system, but UCLA was an offer. And so my first day on campus at Ohio State, I'm standing on campus by University Hall trying to figure out the, you know, the map they give you to find your classes. And I'm turning the map and trying to figure it out. And I'm standing in about four or five inches of snow. And I just remember thinking like, I've I made a horrible choice. Yeah. What kind of choice did I make? I could be at UCLA right now. Of course, they were, you know, they weren't very good back in. I mean, not, you know, nothing like Ohio State, but it was just funny because it was, but it was, again, it was part of the maturation process. It was part of me growing up. And now, you know, I go from two hours away from home to I'm, I'm you know, 12, 13 hours away. Um, it was a different feeling. It was a different deal. But, um, yeah, so – and, and Coffeyville still has a great program. They still turn out – I mean, you if you watch Sunday football, there's players from there that are that are on TV. And, and again, that conference is still really highly thought of. It's a great conference. So – it was good for me. I was a qualifier and stuff out of out of high school, so academically it wasn't a problem. You know, it was easy academically for me to. You know, I didn't have to. There's some kids who have to graduate and some things like that, but I didn't have any of those issues. And um, yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, I think to when you look at my story and you and you figure out that I went from one and eight as a senior to Ohio State four years later, and I'm blocking for a Heisman Trophy winner. I'm playing next to you know, one of the 350 greatest football players of all time yeah. and those kinds of things. And, and, you know, that, that whole team was low. There was a, there was a million guys on that team that were great, but <clears throat> I just think it's, that's what we talked about earlier about when I see paintings and I'm in the painting, yeah. it's like, was that really like, is that really my life? Did my yeah. life that really happened? Because it just, and the other thing is too, and you know, this, like it goes by, it's a blur. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to turn 49 in a month and, I'm laughing because I'm like, I remember when I turned 30, like, and that was almost 20 years ago, you know, like, it's just one of those things. So I'm so appreciative of it. Yeah, Coffeyville, I mean, I get obviously a lot of the attention because of Ohio State, because of that, you know, the two years that I spent there, um, rightfully so. But for me, it wouldn't have, without Coffeyville, it's not, it doesn't happen. Because a lot of people like, I mean, Eddie went to Fork Union. um, And so like, it's not... And I, you know, like in comparison now, you know, like the, the transfer portal, like, I think that the way that people move around now is like, I I think your thing is not even thought of because it's just like, it almost seems normal, you know? Well, yeah. And I can remember, (laughs) I can remember getting to Ohio state and guys at like, I would tell them, they're like, where are you from? You know, cause I transferred mid year and they're like, where are you from? Well, I played at Coffeyville community college and they're like, what is that? Like they, guys, you know, because there's no, there's no junior colleges in, in Ohio that play football or play, I think there's some that played basketball maybe, but there wasn't any that played football. So it was like, I mean, I, I might as well have 
tried to lecture them on the moon. You know, it was just, it was so foreign to them that, you know, they just didn't understand. And so I think you're right. I mean, the transfer portal has changed. It's changed a lot. I mean, I, I can't imagine coaching now or being a player coming out now because it's just, it's night and day. And, you know, the, there's obviously the NIL considerations and some things like that. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's a different, I mean, the game of football is pretty much the same, but everything around it, you know, the early commit where they can commit early and sign early. And there's just, I mean, there's so many changes that it's just, yeah, I'm, I've told people I'm pretty fortunate. I played when I did because a, I don't know. I've seen some of the guys nowadays and I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have played from a talent perspective. But also just some of the stuff that surrounds it. It is social media. I mean, obviously, like here in the in the last couple weeks with with the concussion stuff, and I obviously I know that they're trying to protect people, and you know, like you were just kind of insinuate, like people are getting bigger, stronger, and faster, Mm -hmm. and so like, how do you protect somebody? Because some of the calls. You know, it went from Tua getting thrown down. I mean, obviously he had the concussion that first game, but then that second game where he, you know, I don't know if you saw that and his hands went. And they didn't call, uh, like, roughing the passer on that. And then you go last week or two, whenever it was, and Tom Brady gets, like, nicked in the finger. And he's like, oh, you know, and they call call that. And and then I I can't remember who was the other. Monday night. There was the game Monday, Derek Carr. Yeah, and the same thing. And it's just like, I get it but I don't get it. You know, it's still football. Like it has to be frustrating for like, like you guys, the linemen, which are like hitting each other every play. And then like the, the, you know, the specialty guys like get touched and they throw flags down and it's like, I'm bashing my head on every play. Like, you know, it's gotta be weird. Well, I think, you know, I think the thing that, and we used to, you know, way back in the day, we even complained about it then. It's like, even for linemen, defensive, offensive, either one, and tight ends, you know, even when you go half pads, so it's, you know, it's supposed to be a lighter practice and you're going to go half pads, we're still making contact every play. Yep. So for me, where, where it kind of got me was, I think it was on Real Sports, maybe on HBO, they did a study about when the concussion thing first took off. And they talked about, you know, obviously the big hits, the, the two is, you know, when his fingers, that was a neurological response to trauma, to brain trauma. But they were, you know, and we've all seen like back in the day, Steve Tasker, I think for the Bills oh. got knocked out and his, you know, his arm locked up. And you see those things and it's just, hor- I mean, it's a horrible, it's a horrible experience. I think the thing that was like kind of scared me or opened my eyes was when they did the HBO report and they said that it's the, the small repetitive, yep. you know, just like O-line, D-line, just banging heads every day. Well, I, I never really thought about that. You know, I just, that's just part, that's just part of the, you know, that's what you signed up for kind of thing. But you know, I think the part that's, you know, the NFL has to, this is my opinion, college football, the NFL, it's like targeting. You know, most of the time on targeting, you can see when there was intent to hurt yeah. somebody. You know, I think the problem is there's because of, because of the way our society has changed, there's no middle ground anymore. Nope. There's a black and there's a white and that's it. Yep. And it's, so you see the two, a horrible situation. You know, you don't want to, you know, you, and, and they're trying to protect players from themselves because players won't, players want to play. They don't, they're not going to raise their hand and go, Hey, I'm a little dizzy yeah. right now. Can I please never, ever team? happens. Yeah. It never happens. Right. And so I, I just think that my personal opinion is, is find, 
And I don't know how you do it. It's easy to sit here on a, on a you know, Zoom and say, well, let's find a middle ground. But what is the, I mean, that's my, that's my only issue is like you said, I mean, it goes from, you know, God forbid the Tua thing happens to then you go to the, the next weekend and it's like, you know, and it's a penalty. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they're throwing the flag. And so I just wish, like I said, that's for me as an offensive lineman. The other thing is this too. I really struggle, and this is probably wrong, you know, God, this is so wrong to admit, but I really struggle with, you know, if you're an old lineman and you see your quarterback get get lit up, step in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that, yep. that guy's the meal ticket. I mean, you know, I, I got a penalty with my senior year at Ohio State. I got a penalty. Uh, we were playing Purdue, uh, and they, they had Eddie tackle, and they were kind of twisting him and this and that. And I hit a guy. It was after the whistle, and they threw a flag. And <clears throat> so Coach Cooper pulls me out and yelling at me on the sideline, you know, about that was dumb and this and that. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? Keep yelling because that's the meal ticket. I mean, that's – number one, that's my guy. Yep. And we go as he goes. And so I'm not going to let somebody play – so I just think that, you know, that's the other thing. Is some of that stuff seems to have been lost where it's like how many times do you see a highlight of a quarterback getting slammed Yep. And the old line are kind of just standing there looking. It's like, no, you have to go. <laughs> like, there, you know, here's the deal. There's still justice within the game. Uh, just oh, like in yeah. baseball. There's a million unwritten rules, right? Yes, in baseball. I just, and like I said, I'm not advocating to play dirty or anything like that. But to your point, it's still football. Yep. I mean, there's, it's football. It's supposed to be aggressive. It's supposed, there's a physicality and a violence to it. Um, I, I mean, even in high school, like I, I, I'm just going to, I remember, I don't remember a bus ride home because I had a concussion and, but yeah. I like, I knew that that was possible back then. Like I, it's always just interesting when people go, I just didn't know that this could happen. Yeah, you did. Like, you know what football is like yeah. football is a contact sport. And that's, it's interesting to me, like thinking about your teammates now is like Sean Springs who played mm-hmm. one. Did you guys overlap two years or one? Two years. Two, yeah. Two okay. years. I mean, he's, he's developed with his company, a football helmet. That's, yep. I mean, the hope is obviously to not eliminate, but like lesser reduce, yeah, right. reduce the, the, the potential of, so there's all like a, you know, like, again, like to me, it's like, it has to be, do you, I mean, I assume you still have like contact with a lot of the guys you played with because a I lot do. of the guys, like you're doing cool things. Obviously Eddie's doing cool things. Like Sean's yeah. doing cool things. You know, that to me is like, you know, again, like missing the locker room, but like seeing what your brothers are doing and and what Percy's doing, you know, it's like, it's just, it's cool as shit to have that, that, you know, like you said about like remembering, like, I can't believe I was a part of this. And and then also like moving forward and then seeing what, what people are doing in the world. It's cool as shit. I think, you know, in, in the other thing about that, you know, you referenced a couple guys like to me, when I see guys like that I played with that are doing well, the Sean's, the Eddie's, the Percy's, like I can look at those guys and remember like when I was in a locker room with them and it's like, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that, you know, the Eddie's had the success. That's one of the hardest, if not the hardest working guy I've ever been around in my life. So to see him have success and do different ventures and, and do different things, no surprise, zero surprise, you know, Percy's always been a, a a good guy and a quiet guy, but I think, you know, the, the talent and that stuff doesn't surprise me. I mean, I see that. And, um, you know, Sean's deal with the helmets and I think it's called Windpack. I think is, yep, is the name I think of, that's right. of the company, but you know, that doesn't surprise me, but um, 
Yeah. And that's, you know, the other thing is too, I, I think there's a, there's a piece of that, a big piece of it that's motivating. You know, it's like, yep. man, you know, like just no different than, you know, when you're in the weight room and, and guys are working hard and you want to follow their lead or, or they may, they force you to work harder because their work, it's the same thing. I think as we get older, it's like, man, you know, I don't, I think you and I talked about it. I mean, I had the first 25, 26 years of my life were great. Um, you know, from a, from an athletic standpoint. And it really, like I said, and like we talked about, it really set me on my path, but I also don't want that first 25 years to be the main, you know, when I'm done, I want the back half to be just as good as the first half, just in a different aspect. And so I, for me, when I see the guys having success, like, you know, I'm championing it. And I'm also like trying to figure out like, man, what, you know, what's my next move or how can I, do something it's different. the competitiveness of being an athlete. Oh, absolutely. No, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, you know, competitive, competitiveness never goes away. I don't think, I think, like I said, and we talked about it earlier, there was times quite frankly with, you know, like coaching youth football where it was like, okay, remember that these are kids. <laughs> don't let you, don't let your competitiveness override what this is, but it's tough. It's tough when you've competed at a high level. And, and like we've talked about, I think that's a big piece of finding you know, finding another outlet and for guys like myself and, and, you know, there's a ton of other guys, obviously that coaching is an easy transition because you're back in that environment and nobody's going to say anything to you about being competitive. You know, they're going to, you need to be competitive to coach. So I think it's a natural transition. Um, But I also think, you know, like when you talk about someone like Percy, I remember when he first started doing that and first started posting that he was, you know, doing the Shaolin wood technique. and, And I just started thinking like, man, that's really cool but you watch him work at it. It's no different than lifting weights, running sprints in the summer, um, you know, watching film, whatever the case may be, you see Percy doing some of those things. And, and he, he, when he posts that stuff, I just, I find it cool to see like, man, he's got all this, you know, it's, it's the age old thing of don't rest, right? He's got, he's getting a lot of recognition. He's doing really well. The stuff looks amazing. And yet he's still in the garage working and doing stuff and, and working at the craft that's the stuff that I'm just, as I get older, I'm and my son and I, I have a, a 16 year old son, sophomore in high school that he plays football as well. But that's one of the discussions him and I have had is just like when you're used to working at something and you, and you're used to, you know, attacking something and getting better at it, goal setting and those things, that's not just a high school football no. type deal. That's a rest of your life kind of thing. And so you know, when we talk about, well, it transitions and, and football teaches you about life, it absolutely, if you use it the right way and you pull the right things out of it, that's absolutely what it does. It's, and, the, it's the discipline of being an athlete to me. And I, I, I'm so glad you touched on that because I say this to my students all the time. It's like, I physically work out every day and I creatively mentally work out every day. I mean, sure. whether I'm in my studio for two hours or 20 minutes, like I'm still in there processing stuff. And I'm also oh, like absolutely. going out in the world. Like I run sprints every other day or try to, and you know, I'm getting, I mean, yeah. I'm older than you. Like I'm hitting 54 <laughs> in two weeks, you know, you're a better man than I, me <laughs> with the sprints. I, I just, I, but I, it's, it, I was talking to one of my students last night, um, a, uh, a distance runner. And I said, I, we, we were just talking about something else. And I, and I said, it's one of those things where if I don't go to my studio and I don't work out in just a day and I, I just, I get kind of edgy, you know, and it's like, yeah. and I know I need to give my body rest. I should, but it's just like, I'm so programmed like to sure. do that and it's and i know that's from my athletic background like it's like yeah i you know like you like that's what 
you know, like you were, a, you lettered in track and basketball. Like I played basketball, baseball and football. And so I was playing sports year round. And, and so I was used to that. And, and, sure. and just like how, how, you know, like certain coaches like to this day still influence and inspire my thinking. And I take that into a classroom. So I like, I always say like, I'm an art coach because sure. like, I, I think, and that's why I think like you coaching and, and how you think and how you navigate is like really, I think it's important to talk about because I think what you bring from your past out into the world, like, you know, not just with your son, but these other kids and, and young adults is just important because you went through it, you know, like yeah. that's how teaching evolves. No, for sure. And, and, you know, that was, I think, <laughs> and I know this is going to be a shock, right? But there's the joke about, you know, the worst part of youth sports are the parents, you know, the kids are great. I mean, the kids are, the kids just want to know why they're doing certain things. But I think, you know, that was one of the, one of the struggles early on. And even at the end, a little bit, it was, you know, parents didn't understand. I'm, I'm not just coaching your kids to win third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade football. I'm, I'm trying to teach your kids how to be successful in football and life build certain things for the rest of their lives. And so you know, that's the, that's the, uh, you know, the yin and the yang is trying to figure out again, like we talked about, I think that's where sometimes the creativity comes in and things like that, where it's like, how can I get through to, um, you know, this kid or this parent or whatever, you know, I said, it's funny. Cause I, I, as I was saying that I was thinking about last my son, they're on fall break and they played last night. And one of the parents that sat next to it, to us, um, we used to go at it. And he didn't understand, you know, he didn't understand. Now, now we're, now it's very cordial and it's very, you know, Hey, how are you? Good to see you. you know, I think he gets it now, but at the time, I mean, he didn't like the way that we coached and I coached his kid and, yeah. and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a militant style, but it was just a, this is the expectation. And, you know, if you're going to get to where you want, you say you want to get to, this is what you've got to do. And so it's cool. And it's also cool to see those kids out on the field, you know, kids that, the kids that I've coached along the way now they're, they're sophomores in high school, they're juniors or seniors in high school and they're getting to play. And it's like, you know, it's just cool. It's, it's a neat, that's the payback for me is seeing those kids on the field, you know, now that they're older and now, you know, it's like, okay, he figured it out. You what know? what and, position does your kid play? He's a center. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Falling dead he, close. Yeah. No, I, you know, what's funny is so when, when we were, when he was younger, um, he would, like all young kids, they, they, some of them, you know, he, he would snap, uh, let's say 70% of the time would be really good. And then there'd be about a uh, 20% that were kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> and there'd be about a 10% where it was just like, I could feel my blood pressure just, you know, <laughs> going up. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, people say, well, you know, parents of quarterbacks have it rough. I would argue that Parents of sinners when they're young have it just as bad because if they, you know, when there was times where, you know, he's snapping it over the head or he's snapping it to the right or he's, you know, and it was, I mean, it was a tough, it was tough. He now he's, you know, he's, he's really good now. He does a good job now, but it was, uh, yeah, there was some rough early moments. And I just remember thinking like, why couldn't he have played any other position in the world besides but you know, then and then the flip of it is like the parenting side, right? Is and you know this, like it's like, so that would be the internal uh, talk track. But to him, I'm like, 
hey, buddy, you're starting every play. We trust you to start. You know, I'm trying to give him something to hold on to that he can, you know, he can – because I don't think, you know, I, I well, I don't think. I know he didn't want to play center when he was younger. He wanted to be a quarterback. <laughs> oh, hell he, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, he wanted to have some fun, right? But that was one of my selling jobs to him was, you know, hey, we trust you to start every play, buddy. You should, you know, you should, you know, you need to see it that way. And there was times where he looked at me like, dad, stop. I'm the center. I'm not, you know. So, but no, it's. You're the quarterback of the offensive lineman. That's what you, right? (laughs) No, it's been, you know, it's been a, um, it's also been really, you know, him playing the position I played. He's, uh, he's going through some, you know, he's, he's backing up a senior right now in varsity and some things like that. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience. It's a growth process for him because every other time in his life when he's suited up and put a jersey on, he's played. And now he's going Friday nights and like, you know, it's just, it's, but it's part of that learning process. And, you know, lastly, I take, I, at least I try, I don't always do a good job of this, but I always try to find the little things, you know, the things that where I'm like, okay, he listened to that. But one of the things last night was the game was over and they, we ha- had to try, well, it was about a two hour drive to our game. And so we go over and he, he gets to play right at the end. They, in the, they go to victory formation and he gets to snap the ball two times in victory formation. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, crap, you know, another game. I got to like try to build him up. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Well, he comes out of the locker room and I put my arm around him. I said, Hey, good job. You know? And he goes, I finally got on the field and we started laughing. And he said, he said, and it was the best formation in football, victory yep. formation. I used to, so with youth football, I would start the first practice of the year. I would teach, that would be the first thing I would teach him. This is the best formation in football. Cause that means we won, you know? But it was just funny to hear him say that back and then start laughing and hug me. It was like, okay, it's like I may not always think I'm getting through to him, but at least that piece of it, you know, he, his attitude was good and his, you know, he made a joke out of, you know, hey, yeah, I was just snapping, but that's but everybody. And the, the thing is, everybody starts somewhere, and that's why I keep telling you, your time will come. Just keep working. I mean, no, and that's that's hard. Like that was my experience. Like at Ohio State, um, you know, I played, always started. In, in any, any, any sport, well, not necessarily basketball in high school, but baseball was like starter. And I went to Ohio state and I got red shirted and it's just yeah. like, and I didn't want to be in school cause I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, right. and I could have been drafted. So in my head, I'm like, I should just be playing baseball. And, and, and yeah. then like, I, th- I might've mentioned this, like I ruined the guy's career at Ohio state. Unfortunately, like I, that's what you said. At the Woody Hayes, yeah. I hit a ball off of his eye not one coach said anything, you know, it's just, it, and it, so, you know, going back to the mental health conversation, like I was kind of a mess because oh, I yeah. just didn't know what was going on. Nobody was talking to me. I'm like practicing, which, you know, like I understand that practice is important obviously, but it's like, I want that sure. cake at the end of this thing. And there was no cake, <laughs> you know? And it was, and, and it just like, yeah. I it was pickle juice. It was totally pickle juice. And, <laughs> And I just like, I got to this point where it was like, I was failing in school, didn't know what I was doing, all these other things going on. And I just, I was like, I'm done. And then like, then that locker room thing's gone. And like, then you like kind of even spiral even more. It's just like, well, who am I? You know? Sure. And, and it was, it was tough. It was tough. I was a part of, there was a class that when I went back to school to finish my degree at Ohio state, there was a class, um, a guy named Darren Meeker. He was actually one of our academic counselors. I don't know if he was there when you were there, but Darren was a great guy. Actually, he played college sports, and, and Darren started this class, and it was it was a transitions class. 
basically for student athletes that were transitioning out of being a student athlete into the workforce and into life, you know, and like you said, I mean, everybody's career ends at some point and what's that transition look like and what does, you know, your situation, like, like we talked about earlier, it was a different era, the different time, you know, you probably had a lot of guilt. The guys on the team don't know what to say to you. You're red shirted. You're not, I mean, that's a horrible, you know, mental space to be put into. And yet we're not going to talk about it because we don't know what to talk about. We don't know, you know, we don't know to say something as simple as, Hey Ron, it's okay. You didn't mean to do it. You know, accidents happen or shit happens, you know? And that's the thing is, it's just, um, yeah, it's, and you know, that's the other thing that I, you know, right. Like, just like right now, I mean, with my son, you know, one of the things I struggled with is I never, until I got into, you know, when I, when I was in the NFL, I had never, I was in this, you know, I'd always started, I'd always played. I mean, I, I never sat the bench for eight straight years. I played. And so there's times with my son where it's a struggle. (laughs) You want to talk about creativity. You know, it's like, I don't always have the right things to say, right. I don't always have the right words. You know, I I love him and I'm proud of him. And I hope he keeps working because he is talented. That's the thing is he's, he's a lot, you know, you compare me and him at the same age, he's way ahead of me. I mean, miles. And I don't think he always understands that, you know, from a physical standpoint, he's not as big as I was or some things like that, but from an IQ standpoint, from a technique, from an ability thing, just, you know, he's way advanced and way ahead of me, but it's, it's, um, it's stressed my parenting just to, like I said, because I can't relate to that piece of, I can't relate to what does it feel like to not play, to suit up and not play. Yeah, he's playing JV and he does a great job on JV, but it's just one of those things where it's, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel sometimes to try to think like, Okay, what can I? Because I, you know, the other thing is, is I don't want him to just, you know, well, you're my dad. You have to. I mean, I want to be honest and real with him and yep. truthful with him and those kinds of things. But there's times where it's like you want to talk about the creative process. It's like, man, what am I going to tell him today? Because I know he's frustrated. I know, you know, anybody, you know, any competitor would be. Yep. But it's just like, man, you can't let the frustration override. You know, the you can't stop working. I mean, that's and again, you know, not to beat the old cliche, but it's that's life. Yep. I mean, there's, you know, you're going to go through, hate to tell you, buddy, but you're going to go through things in life where it ain't going to go your way. You got to keep working. And, the, and yeah. And that, that's this, that's the preparation here that he's going to, he just doesn't know it right now. Yeah. He we, just doesn't we didn't know, know it. it. No, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like I said, I, I'm proud of him because he does, you know, he does handle it. I will say this. He sure as hell handles it better than I would. There's no, I mean, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not, I'm embarrassed by that, but it's the truth. I mean, he, he handles it a heck of a lot better. So, well, his you're giving him good advice. See, you think of it coming in from that side, you're giving him good, good advice that he's handling it better because of you. See, <laughs> <laughs> see, think of the positives there. Yeah. Now but, we're getting real creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's interesting to me, like, and you, you have to like, as, as a former player, like watching the game evolve. Cause it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's the same game, like in, in, in many ways, but in terms of like, just the, the X's and O's are, it's so like, I mean, I can still remember like the plays we ran. We were such a vanilla offense and stuff, but like now it's just like, you know, we're in shotgun formation, pistols, blah, blah, blah. You know, like we're, you know, and, and like, we, we didn't do anything like i ran an audible that nobody knew about 
And it was just, it was a, it was, it was green. I think I would yell green 40 and it was me just running straight up the middle. Like if I saw, sure. if I saw the, the, like the D, like there was no nose tackle and like, I could just like, like straight, up. straight up. And, but that was it. Like that was like, there was yeah. no audibles. There was no reading defenses. Sure. There was, and, and it's just today, it's just like, and the amount of like specialization that goes on, um, which I, I have a love hate with this thing. Cause I think sometimes, you know, again, like you and I grew up playing multiple sports, like now, sure. now kids like get funneled into like one sport and it's like doing other sports is good for like, obviously basketball probably helped you with footwork track, yeah. you know, like for me, you know, being a quarterback to help me being an outfielder because of throwing and just whatever, like sure. using different muscles. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird how I think we, we, we do things. Di I'm not saying it's good or bad or whatever, but I, you know, it, it's just different. It's definitely different. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what, what, like, I mean, I always like when I start wrapping these things up, like I always want to know 10 year plans. Like what, like, obviously I think you're, you're interested in getting back into coaching. Um, like, do you want to get up to like back into college level stuff? You know, I've, I've thought about it and I've had that's the fun part about, you know, I know enough people I've been given a bunch of opportunities and for now it's like, you know, with my son playing, I'm, that's the, you know, and I have an older son too, that's, he's done with school, but I mean, I have an older son. So I'm not in a big hurry right now just because I'm enjoying, you know, just like last night, I'm enjoying driving and watching him and, and being a part of the process with him. And so I don't want to miss those things. Um, actually the last time it's funny, the last time I coached was in, 2013 and that was when my youngest son his first year playing football and so I remember being on a bus we were driving to a, a town in western Kansas and my son's game first game was the next day when we played well I wasn't going to get to see it and I just remember thinking like you know I love the kids I coached loved them to this day I still am in contact with a bunch of them to this day but I just remember thinking like there's something wrong with me that I'm coaching somebody else's kid Right. and not my own when I had coached my older, you know, my older son. So I think, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I want to, the next 10 years, I mean, I, obviously the creative side is, is important to me. The outlet side is obviously huge in the next 10 years, finding out something, whether it's a podcast, whether it's the clothing deal, whether it's painting, drawing, right. I don't, you know, I'm not really sure. I know that I want that to become more important. I want to find my lifetime hobby, I guess, or my lifetime release, you know, um, I also, you know, I've spent a lot of time in corporate America. I want to, and I don't know, you know, again, this is kind of goes back to the same thing. I want to find something I can do for me. Yeah. I want to work for me. I don't, you know, I, it's nothing against, I, I work for one of the best leaders I've ever been around in my life right now. I work for an amazing individual right now. And he, you know, ironically enough, he was a football player. <laughs> and so he understands the team, you know, and I work for a great team. And, and so, but Ultimately, my goal is I'd like to, you know, I'd like to spend the back half of, of my working career doing something for myself. What that is, you know, that's the other thing. Like we talked about earlier with the internet, with with social media, with things like that. It's easier to make money now. It's easier to do different things, you know. So I think that's, you know, that's my 10-year goal is to, A, you know, find something that's a release that gives me my creative outlet. But then, two, find, a, find something that I can do for me um, where, you know, whether it starts out as a side hustle, you know, because everybody's got something that they do, 
whether it starts out that way or it starts out just, you know, jumping ahead first. Um, that's kind of where that's, that's what my, my goals have been. I gave myself till I was 50. That was going to be, you know, when I kind of wanted to, to transition and find something. And again, you know, I've been fortunate shoot the last 20, 20 plus years that the things I've been exposed to in the corporate world have taught me a ton. You know, there's really no, no part of a business that I haven't been involved in, in some aspect or some, you know, some way. So, you know, whether it's HR stuff or it's sales or it's accounting or it's, you know, whatever uh, processes, those kinds of things, that stuff all fits. And, and I have experience with it. So I just haven't figured out exactly what it's going to be, but I've got about well, a I'm year. I'm not going to let month. you, I'm not going to let you rest. You know that I'm going to stay on. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like it. No, I, but yeah, it's just, it's funny because like I said, I, I, my goal was at 50. And so I've got, I'll turn 49 in November. So it's like, um, that's been something I've been thinking about lately. It's like, it's coming up. Like you got a year and a month to figure it out and to, you know, really decide which way you're going to go. And so, yeah, that's, but overall that's, you know, that's really it. And then just, man, you know, as cliche as it is, is stopping and smelling the roses, you know, I mean, in the next 10 years, I think, you know, for, for 20, almost 24 years, 23 years, it's just been on go and go and go. And, and I don't want to slow some of that down, but I also want to, like I said, I also want to look back and appreciate some of the things, you know, I don't want it to just take a painting that I see and that I'm tagged in on the internet to appreciate like, man, I've had, a, I've been a part of some pretty cool things and been a part of some pretty neat things. And, and more importantly, I've been around some great people. I've, I mean, that's the thing, you know, just like meeting you and, and some of those things, some of the relationships, I mean, I just, I didn't, you know, we go back to my son. I think about, you know, like some of the relationships I built at that age and, and shortly after that, I'm still friends with those people 30 years later. And I'm, I still have a brotherhood with those people 30 years later. And, and that's the part that I just, it's humbling. It's awesome. You know, it's neat to, it's neat to have those moments and, and, to, and to realize that. And I just, I want to continue to have that. The experiences. No, I, Absolutely. you, you, uh, you like really that's that stuff. I mean, I'm again, like you've been saying some things like really hit me because like, those are some of the, the, the experience of life. I, I just think a lot of people, I, I say, I said this the other day, somebody asked one of my students two nights ago, asked me, what is, what is the meaning of life? And you know, that's obviously like a, that's, a, you can't <laughs> right. answer that question, but I just said right. very simply for me, it's to live it. And it's not because I think a lot of people, life lives them. And I, you know, like it's an up, it's a roller coaster. I, you sure. know, like not everything's been great, but man, I, I just try, like you just said, like I, I drive out West at least once every year. Last couple okay. of years, last couple of years has been multiple times. Chris and I bought land in Montana, um, okay. near Yellowstone. I'm addicted now to going to Yellowstone and photographing animals. It plays into my paintings like that. It, it's not, I don't paint realistically. It's abstract, but it's just, for me, it's like that experience of being out there sure. like in, in the big sky. And just like you just said, living life. And I mean, time, I mean, it's, it's October. Like what happened to this year? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, no. so, it, you know, and, and you say, it's a cliche to say that time goes fast and it goes faster when you get what really doesn't, but it just feels like it does because maybe we're on the go. Like I'm, I've never been happier in my life to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, but it, man, it just feels like it's like going like that and it's crazy. Yeah. 
I was going to, well, and I was going to say, and I'm sure you probably got the same speech from your parents, but I remember when I was a kid, my parents, you know, would always tell me that you get older, life's going to go by fast. I'm just telling you, enjoy it now. Well, that was when I was a junior, senior in high school. I just remember thinking like, are you kidding me? Like this year has seemed like two years. (laughs) I just thought that was, you know, I thought that was like we talked about, right. That's just parent speak, right. That's just, they're supposed to say that kind of stuff to you. And man, I've told my parents a couple of times lately, like, Remember when you told me like you guys were not, that was very true. Cause it's, yeah, it's a blur. It absolutely is a blur. And yeah, I wish it would slow down, but like you said, I don't think it's going to for whatever reason. But, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. but I just, I, I mean, I think you, you have such a great perspective. Like I, I feel you do like you, you, you feel very grounded and very, even though you don't want know what you want to do creatively per se, like you have so many outlets like, you don't, I don't think you have to choose one. Like, I think you got all these yeah. different things. Like you might paint one day, you might get your, like your clothing brand back up and run. Like, that's, what's cool. Like, that's what I feel like, you know, you, you've talked about like having those, those moments in like really cool places. Like you, you were part of sure. like literally one of the greatest Ohio state teams ever. Like, you know, you played, you know, you got to meet all these, these people. Like I think about that stuff all the time. Like my band, you might've even seen my band, but we were like pretty big in the mid nineties in Ohio. Okay. <laughs> there was 50 watt alarm clock. I think I mentioned that to you that Eddie, yeah. Eddie used to live, I think above Chelsea's. We used to play <laughs> at Chelsea's say, yeah. all the time. And, um, but like we played, we opened up for like some bands like in, and, and we played in this club called CBGB's, which is oh, in yeah. New York. It's, it's gone yeah. now, but, and like, I just always had those moments when we did cool things. Like I would be in CBGB's playing and I'm like, my God, the people that have played in this club and yes. I'm in this place. I broke Marilyn Manson's mic stand that they, he left it a night, but I was like playing at right. the Newport as a matter of fact. And I was like, ah! okay. And broke the mic stand and my, I knew the guy that was running the sound. He's like, he just broke Marilyn Manson. I was like, Oh, okay. But it's like those things to me, like stick out, like, and you know, and you like, again, like you playing with these people, knowing people, like it's, those are the things that I think feed us and like drive us in different ways too. It's just like, it's cool. Well, and, and yeah, so there's been a bunch of times professionally where situations, you know, like I said, again, you know, the introductions, for me are always Ohio state comes up within the first three or four sentences. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just, you know, Hey, he played with the Heisman trophy winner. He, yeah. you know, this and that, that stuff always comes up. And those, those moments are obviously very special, but to your point, what I think about sometimes is, you know, for instance, so 1995, we played in the kickoff classic in New York city at giant stadium. Well, we went early. We were guests of George Steinbrenner at Yankee stadium at the old Yankee stadium. Um, you know, we stood on top of the original world trade centers which now, you know, I mean, we all know that, but there's my point being is this, there's been times professionally where I'm in a room full of people and I get introduced and somebody, you know, they'll they'll start telling stories or talking or whatever. And something will get brought up and I'll say, Oh yeah, I've been there. or I did that. Or I met, yeah, I've met him or whatever. And people will look. And it's like, I think there's times where they think it's like a brag, like a humble brag or a, you know, and it's not, it's more me just like in the moment, I'm like taking inventory of like, man, I, we did get to go to New York city. We didn't yeah. get to go to the stock exchange. We didn't, you know, we did, you know, 95, we met president Clinton and uh, vice president Gore. Yeah. They came, they were in Columbus for a, uh, for some, I don't remember what it was for, but they came by and met us at the, we were standing outside of the Woody Hayes. So the motorcade pulls up and we literally 
like got to meet them out there and, and, you know, you, and, you know, politics aside, you can say what you want, but that's the most powerful man in the world. Yep. Like, you know, I mean, we, he sat and made joke, you know, he made a couple jokes about us beating Notre Dame and <laughs> this and that, but it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, like I said, it's, it's surreal, kind of like, very surreal. And, and let me throw, let me just put this, let me tie it all together with this. One of the things that for me is always very, you know, the painting, for instance, with Matt, I think, you know, we talked about it. Those two years we played at Penn State, 94, 95, we played both games there. Well, so the first year is the blowout. We get ran, we get destroyed by Kyle Brady and Kerry Collins and Kajana and that group. And then the next year, it's like, a, I think we scored with maybe two and a half minutes to go to win the game. And, you know, so I think about things like that um, in the painting, all that, all these like memories and stories and things. The last game of my senior year in football, I sat on the back of the bus with two buddies. And they remember this. We've talked about this within the last two years. We sat on the back of the bus and I looked them both in the face and I said, never playing football again. Because like I said, we were one and eight. We were, you know, it was, it was a terrible year. We had a higher, I mean, we came off a good, good season the year before. And it was just, I was just done with it. And so what, that's what rushes through me sometimes is I think about, man, as, as, a, as a punk brat, 18-year-old kid, <laughs> I made the statement that I'm never playing football again. And so I think about those things. Then I think about, man, and look where you went in the next four years. Like from that moment, the next four years were just unreal and amazing. And I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. So I, that's how, for me, I think it, it's more surreal just because I think about I mean, you could have missed out, you know, you could have missed out on all this stuff. Life's a I wild mean, ride. I mean, it's a no, wild it's, ride. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy, I, my fiance and I went to, when Orlando got inducted into the hall of fame, he had us all come, uh, invited us a, a bunch of us to come. And so we went and it was an emo, it was pretty emotional because it was just like, again, I, I'm taken back to 18 yep. years old saying I'm never going to, I'm watching you know, a, a great person get inducted into the hall of fame. And it was just like, I can't, like what you said, I can't believe this is my life. Yeah. Like I didn't get inducted, but I was so happy for him. And so the experience was so cool yeah. that it was just like, I can't believe like, this is wild. This, this yeah. is, you know, you can't make this up. You can't, you can't write something like this. This is crazy. So yeah, I just, man, you know, and you know, the deal, like, as I get older, I, I, put more stock and, and enjoy meeting people and hearing their stories. And, yep. you know, it, it's neat. Like just our conversations, just to, I to think find the, I, I mean, a common I, ground. You, you need to start a podcast because I think, first of all, like you're very comfortable talking and you like, you're, you're a good storyteller. Like you are, like, you know, I mean, I really, I, and I wonder if that goes back to your creative writing days, like in terms of just how you form things, like, you know, I, sure. it's interesting because I do like you do like, first of all, you've, like you said, you've had an interesting life, but like it, it, it not everybody's super, and it took me a little while. And even though like I was a singer, like it takes a minute sure. to like find footing in the podcast stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think like you have like a real a, just a real you're real personable and i think I like that. i could tell that like when we talked it was like oh well shit sure. we're like brothers like from another mother like you know <laughs> i mean right. i mean i yeah. say this a lot like the cool part about for me about doing the podcast and i've said this many times is like meeting people like you like i've met so many people on here like it is crazy to me. like that i would never have met in a million years sure. 
if we if we hadn't started this business, if Chris and I hadn't have met, like if I had hadn't quit base, like that it's it's like that craziness of life. If I hadn't quit baseball and played Ohio State, I would have never met Chris. We've never sure. started this business. It's just like you just never know where the dominoes are gonna fall, like or like just you know the butterfly effect. I guess is the way to say it. And you know, like, no, if for sure. Well, it's like you know I think about too, like you know I kind of told you the you know the story about. I'm standing on the corner my first day on campus at Ohio state. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, what have I done? You know, it's <laughs> 10 degrees outside it's January in Ohio and, and this and that. But I think about things like, you know, to your point, it's like, you know, one different decision in my life, as simple as picking a college. And I say as simple as picking a college, that's not simple, but it's one of those things where like that decision goes different. My life looks different. I've had so many opportunities, so many doors have opened um, you know, I've what, had, if, what if you would have been eight and one your senior year in high school? Like you might have oh, gone no, yeah. gone somewhere. And like, well, yeah, no, and you know, here's what's and that's the funny part too is I think about things like that. Like, there, it's like what we talked about. Your decision making, obviously, you know, sometimes you don't realize how big a decision you make is. Obviously, the Ohio State one was. I mean, I've had people want to interview me for positions and you know, uh, job opportunities and things like that, and they'll say, you know. Like, I really just wanted to beat you because you were you were from Ohio State. And you played at Ohio State. And then they'll say, but, man, you know, we'd like to offer you a job. So my point is, like, there's just – you never know, right, when when things are going to intersect and things are going to come to you. And, yeah, I mean, I could have never – I mean, I just – it's it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's been fun. And, and yeah, I'm – I uh, and I appreciate it. I, I think uh, I, I'm expecting to do – yeah, I'm expecting to do some good things. I just – Hell, like yeah. I said, I'm not going to let you off the hook. What it is. (laughs) We'll figure that shit out. We know. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a last, last two parted question. So you play drums. Okay. So, well, I guess it's one part question. You play drums. That's a statement. What kind of music do you like? I'm so I'm all over the board. Okay. I am. I mean, I honestly, there's like, if I showed you my, my playlist, I mean, it's all over the place. It really is. (laughs) And, and when I say all over the place, the only music that I do not like, that I just, I can't get, I've probably got three songs from this genre, but I am not a country person. I am not. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, I am not. Except for like, like Johnny so, Cash. Johnny Cash. No, no absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, John, that's a, now that, he, Johnny Cash is like, that's yeah. its own genre. Yes, it is. Like that's, <laughs> but like, I mean, like I can't, I would just tell you this. So since you brought John, I have. From Johnny Cash to EDM to heavy metal to yep. rap to, I just I cannot and you know the irony or the joke of it is I live in Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in the country, you know, in the country yep. western, I know. red dirt capital, you know, type music of the world. But um, no man, I you know I listen to so I you know real quick my my uncle my dad's brother um, he had a record deal with CBS in the eighties. Oh shit! Had one of the first one of the first videos on MTV and, um, Whoa, who's this? Yeah. So yeah, well, I'll have to tell you about that, but yeah. So some of that stuff, like Could we use uh, real- one, just to interrupt really quickly. One of the reasons why I always ask is I either write music for each episode. Um, Oh, cool. Or if somebody knows somebody that would want to donate a song, maybe your okay. uncle, um, I'll put that on there and give them props. So sure. Go back to your story. I mean, I'll ask him. He, so he, yeah, man, he like, and I, I credit him from a music standpoint because I would go to his house and it was like, you know, we're not listening. Like, you know, he would let, like, he would always, he, 
The one thing I'll say, my dad hated rap music. So when I was a kid and I wanted to listen to rap music, my uncle, who's my uncle can play any instrument. He's very talented, but he would like, he would, he would, I don't want to say that, not humble me, but he would like, well, let's hear what you're listening to. And so I'd play him like the Beastie Boys or Run DMC <laughs> yeah. or, you know, LL Cool J or something like that. And then he would say, okay, now we're listening to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. We're listening to, and so that was one of the things that I can remember, you know, in, like not to get too far in the weeds, but it always makes me laugh because I think about when I played in the Beastie Boys and he said, they sampled Led Zeppelin, which they did a lot of. Yes, they did. But they say, he was like, that's a Led Zeppelin sample. And I was like, no, it's not. That's the Beastie Boys. And he was like, dude, that's Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm like, like, who's Led Zeppelin? Like, who's Led Zeppelin? And so that was like, but that's how, so that's how, you know, that's how that love of music and my, my appreciation of music. Obviously I wanted to play drums because he was a musician and he could play drums and guitar and bass and everything. So, but yeah, it was, those were some funny conversations because it was just like, you know, I had no clue. I mean, I thought I knew music and he's like, uh, no, that's, you know, and so he would just, he would, and that was back. He had a ton of vinyl. I mean, that was the other thing that I thought was cool back then is he had all these vinyl records that he'd had. And so, you know, that was the other thing is like, you can listen to whatever you want to, but you better be, you know, don't scratch it. Don't do this. Music, and that, so. music. I was just talking to an, again, a student the other night, music's so different now just with access and, oh. and I don't think people like, I think people are starting to go back. Like I'm not even talking about COVID, but there was a time period, like after my band kind of ended that bands like live music just wasn't as yeah. cool as it and I think it's starting to kind of come back around, but it's just weird. Like, again, like that's the the funny part to me is like Chris and I met working at a record store. Like and we just kind of hit it. Like we both love the movie Fletch. There's a new Fletch out. Thank God. You know? And it's like, we just had all this stuff in common and, sure. and went, then, you know, like he played sports and is a creative person. I played sports creative and, and, and it's like, we were, but we were kind of born out of a record store. The idea, like, yeah. and no, that's awesome. I mean, I, there is nothing, um, I would say, you know, you, you talk about the live music. That's probably the closest feeling to sports. Yep. It's one, it's one of them for me is like to go see a band live and to go hear music live and to go. I do say you know, that there is not, and I never played sports in front of a hundred thousand people like yourself. I mean, we played in front of thousands, like we won a state championship in high school and, um, but and my band played in front of thousands multiple times. And we actually opened up for the misfits and Megadeth oh, at, okay. at Buckeye Lake in front of 10, 12,000. Wow, cool. And it was like, wild. and there is no, there's something different for me, like about being on stage compared to like being an athlete, even though it's like very similar, but maybe it's because I was a lead singer, but like you're like exposed, like you're more vulnerable in some weird way. But, it, Absolutely. It, but it, it, I don't know, like I, I never been able to replace that, that kind of energy. Um, yeah. I, you know, you talked about chasing things earlier and like, I keep, there's some, someday I'm going to get back on stage and, and sing again. I, I, I'm still writing music. I actually, I don't play instruments like your uncle. I can fiddle on guitar, but even though I, I have love hate relationship with technology, garage band has been like super helpful for me yes. because I can sit there and I have, I always have music in my head. So I can just, sure. I, I sing something into my phone and then I'll come to my computer and do, 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 you know, and just like put it down. Yeah. 
No, that's it. Yeah. That's the one thing that's, you know, I've, I've fooled around with making, like you can buy like, you know, sample programs and stuff yeah. like that. I've fooled around with that just because it's a, you know, it's, and obviously it's a lot different than actually creating music, but it's the ability to piece them together and things like that. I love that process. I've done that before. I've, I, that's another thing that, you know, I haven't messed around with for a long time, but it's like all that stuff, you know, music to this day, I mean, you know, country music aside, <laughs> if I'm, you know, whether I'm mad, glad, sad, happy, excited, whatever the motion is, you know, music is the background. Yep. Music is in some way either gets me back to neutral or squares me back up or, you know, helps me, you know, there's a, there's, you know, there's a few songs that like when I hear to this day, it just, you know, they, it takes me back to like, I used to listen, I used to have a certain playlist before games. Yep. And I oh, can totally. just like, when I hear, you know, like when I, this will, this will be weird to you, but if you've ever heard the song black by uh Pearl jam, Oh God, yeah. that for a game. we were supposed that to song. open up for Pearl jam in Ohio, like Man. right, right. When 10 came out, they came to, came to Columbus and played the Newport. We were slated to play with them and they ended up bringing a band. And I, yeah, like that's to, the, I mean, to this day, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, certain things like that. It just, it takes me back to like, yep. man, I can remember being on the bus listening to this and it's like, it just creates an emotion. And so oh, I think totally. that's the other thing that for me with music, it's, you know, and you know, the deal, like most athletes want to be musicians and most musicians <laughs> want to be athletes. <laughs> and so it's a great combination. It's a great, it's a great uh, fit, but um no i mean love love music and like i said that well, now we're going to collaborate musically now okay i'm saying that would be I'm you know what that would be 100 yeah. percent not joking about that i'll send like when we're done i'll text you i'll text you a song i actually wrote like with probably two years ago and all of them in and we all of the instruments are garage band except for my buddy played um a guitar on it but everything oh, cool. else, yeah. everything, and we you actually do. we actually took it to a studio and mixed it, so it's actually decent. Um, but I'll I'll send it to you, and I'm being a hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent not serious about like I, I a guy I had on this podcast a couple of years ago was a um, he's a veteran. He was like special forces, and they started a band with other special forces guys. And he oh that's at, cool. At some point, yeah, it's uh, the band's called is um, Silence and Light is the name of the band really okay. cool band, like kind of harder rock, but coming out of that grunge thing, which sure. is like my kind of thing. Um, and they, he, he said, dude, if, if you want to come sing backgrounds on our next album, I'm like, um, hell yes. I want to come see, I mean, I'm, you know, we're sure. still talking. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but well, dude, sure. I, I, I'm can't wait to just continue this conversation. Um, no, absolutely. In the future because this, I, I'm so glad Percy tagged you because, and by the way, like, uh, I'm supposed to talk to you. Did you play with Joe Brown? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, no, Joe was there. I know Joe from when I went back to school. Yeah. So no, he was, he came in the year. I want to say he came in in 96, but I, okay. I met Joe on his visit. And then when I went back to school, I went back and finished up. I think we talked about it in 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. I was in school. So yeah, yeah I know Joe. He's a, uh, now, is he out of the military now or he's, I think he is. He, we, we connected through Twitter, which I think was because of you and he, we're supposed to uh, connect. And again, like he's an interesting person to me because he sports and military and want to want to kind of see if he's doing Correct. creative stuff. And um, yeah. but, Joe's a great, great dude. Yeah. I mean, tell, no, please tell him hello. And yeah, yeah he's, he's no, awesome. But like Joe's you and I, like, we're going to like, 
I, I do think there's collaboration stuff in, in whether it's the clothing stuff, whether it's musically, whether, whatever. Sure. Um, and you and I are going to continue talking about, I think you'd be a cool person sometime to have, uh, talk to my, cl- my art and athletics class, because again, like what, what you've done in your, in the athletic world, even though VCU where I teach doesn't have a football team, but I've brought sure. football players in Jay Richardson actually talked to my class once. Okay. And, um, and, and stuff. So no, I'd be honored, man. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I do quite a bit of that stuff, but yeah, let's make something happen. I would, so, I'd be, I'd be honored. I'd be humbled. To and do yeah, it, talk, so. talk to your uncle. Um, if, if he wants to donate a song, it'd be okay. awesome. And, um, sure. this will be out, I think like in probably like three weeks or something. And I'll send you, um, some like video and, and picture snippets, um, for promotion. And, but no, I, I just, like I said, I, you know, I, you're part of the family now, as far as I'm concerned. So I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> and, Thank you. Um, I'm really glad purse put us in contact. Cause this is, this is killer. And I know, Absolutely. I know Matt was really happy to get that picture. Of, man of that was I, you know what and that was like so like we talked about it was like when, when i got it you know what you see is what you see like on you know like a, yep. like you said a picture right you see it and i was like but then once i got it it was just like man this is cool like it just it 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 was more than what i like i knew it was going to be a cool thing but just yep. to get it and see yep. it and it was like man this is cool and it just like i said so it's a 50-50 deal. It's a love-hate with that picture because it's like, man, what great talent. But which game did he use? <laughs> I think he, I asked him. I think, hold on. I think he said, oh, shit. I think we, it was on a conversation, not a, I think he said 95. Okay, I, good. I, good I, job, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> he, picked the, he, picked the, he picked the double year for the Buckeyes. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, cool, brother. Um, thank you. And, thank you. And we'll, like I said, um, let's let's just keep this conversation rolling and, sure. uh, and keep going. But no, sounds great. Thank you so much, brother. man. Have a yeah, good yeah. You too. All right, man. Go we'll Bucks. Soon. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, go Bucks. Really, uh, super cool talking with Jamie today. Obviously, you know I love the Buckeye connection. Uh, thanks, Percy King, for putting us together, and you know love the story about how he really purchased that the the artwork by Matthew Rice because he was in it just just a really cool story just love hearing all of his stories also just really appreciate his honesty and vulnerability about everything he's just so open and willing to share really looking forward to seeing how his creative outlets you know start to manifest and you know whether it's drumming writing painting podcasting you know really whatever just such a good dude look look forward to you know continuing our conversations remember to follow jamie on instagram at jamie sumner 1973 and on twitter at jamie sumner remember to stop by our website theabstractathlete.com for information and news and check out our uh, beginningintoys.com for our new product line do not forget to check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network thanks for listening to the abstract athlete podcast we will see you next week and as always do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind stay well out there